Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Startup Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox. It's time for the Startup Council to help you accelerate your startup. We're here today to help you and founders all over the world, as well as many of my friends who are fellow angel investors, to figure out how to find the growth opportunities that can change the world, hopefully make you rich, and make the world a better place all at the same time. I'm Scott Fox. I'm a serial internet entrepreneur. I'm the author of these books you see behind me. I'm a uh, longtime angel investor, and these days I run the Startup Council, startupcouncil.org. I invite you to go check that out. We're a free community service group that I started kind of as my give back effort to help other founders who are struggling, like I used to, to find their way in the world, learn how to raise money, learn how to find customers, find that elusive product market fit, demonstrate traction, uh, find co-founders, and and most of all, I guess, find um, problems that you can solve on a profitable basis that uh, makes the world a better place, makes you happy, and hopefully makes some money for your investors too. So if that sounds like the right kind of place, thanks for joining me today. I do this once a month at lunchtime. It's lunchtime here in Southern California where I live these days. And I'm just turning on the uh, camera here in my office to see if I can help you. So if this sounds uh, useful to you, I'm happy to have you join me. Um, Thanks for being here. I'd like to, uh, let's see, you can come and ask your questions if you want to come over here, founderofficehours.com. And you need to turn on your camera, and you can join me on camera and ask me questions about your uh, startup, uh, strategy, uh, marketing, fundraising tactics, things like that. Uh, We can talk about pretty much anything. I've been doing this a long time, so I'm happy to opine if that's helpful to you. Uh, I do this because, well, a couple reasons. Um, The world of startup fundraising is a lot more difficult than I think it should be. To be quite honest, it's, it's really not fair. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on, and information is complicated, but not that difficult. And the problem is there's such a disconnect. If you're a long-term um, expert in your field, and you're at the point where you feel like you could create a new business based on the expertise that you've built, well, it's not that likely, unfortunately, that you also have expertise in the kind of arcane methodologies of Silicon Valley and venture capital, right? Those don't necessarily overlap. If they do, awesome, right? But the problem is that I went to Stanford for graduate school and a lot of friends in Silicon Valley, and I've raised money and lost money for startups for decades now. And it's hard for people to, um, to connect those dots, right? If you're good at one thing, it doesn't mean you're good at everything. And I'm here basically as, like I said, kind of a give-back effort. Uh, like my books, right? These, if you haven't seen my books, these are three books. These are in English. The rest are foreign translations, uh, Japanese and Turkish and Russian and Polish and Vietnamese. Right? These books are all over the world. But they're all my effort to try to help you come from an outsider, like I used to be, to being an insider. Because the odds are you've spent your career, <laughs> um, even if you're a young person, you've spent your life doing something That isn't this. (laughs) So if you're trying to do this also, it's like, you know, you grew up a swimmer and now suddenly you're going to try to join the Olympic team, you know, for basketball. Like, okay, you may be a talented athlete, but these are kind of different skills and you might need a coach. You might need to join a team, that kind of thing. So anyway, that's why I'm here to try to help you. Uh, And um, we're going to spend the next hour, hour and a half, and you're invited to share your questions. Uh, If you have a startup pitch you want to practice, we can do that for friendly feedback. And by the way, this isn't just me talking. 
I do this because, first of all, I think there's a hole in the market that I'm trying to help you fill, and hopefully it's helpful. And I hope you would leave comments and likes and follows. You know how that's all this nonsense works on social media. Actually, let me put that up. Let's make it official. Um, there. Please, uh, oh no, here, this one. <laughs> like and subscribe, please. Um, and by the way, um, I'm going to turn on the chat room in a second. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're on LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook, I need to know that all of those different uh, channels are working because sometimes we have different problems, right? And if you're watching this later in the archives, of course, these are free archived on YouTube. You're also welcome to like and subscribe at that point. But the, the reason I want to do this is to fill in the holes. A lot of people provide uh, specific expertise and a lot of it's bullshit, frankly, uh, but I'm here to hopefully answer the real questions you have to kind of fill in the cracks. A lot of people are trying to sell you services. There's a lot of consultants out there trying to, um, you know, uh, consult, which really means sales, right, uh, trying to fill up your inbox uh, and empty your wallet at the same time. So um, this is a helpful hour and um, brought to you by the Startup Council, right? So I encourage you to go over here. This is a free group that I started uh, specifically to fill in the holes. You can go up here and see uh, different services that we offer. We have a, an investor's directory. We have a place where you can list your startup to get publicity. We have a place where you can list yourself if you're a service provider, like an accountant or a lawyer or a web development shop and you're trying to attract clients. That's startuphelpers.org. Um, we have a whole bunch of different things and they're all over there at startupcouncil.org. So that's where you should go, okay? So, Let's see, a couple disclaimers. This session's being recorded and will be shared online, so don't say anything stupid. <laughs> um, and this is all just made up, okay? This is just for entertainment purposes. Uh, I'm a pretty qualified guy. I've been doing this as long as anybody at this point. And um, I have lots to say, uh, but it isn't necessarily right and it doesn't necessarily apply to your situation. So hopefully this will be helpful to you. And if it's not, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it, it's worth what you paid for it, I guess. Um, but uh, if it is helpful, please like and share, et cetera. And if not, um, and even if, regardless, you should consult your own legal, tax, accounting, uh, psychiatrist, you know, all those other kind of professionals that are important to making real-world uh, applications for the specific situation that you're in. Uh, this is just general advice from some friendly guy you met on the Internet. Okay, so let's get us going here. Now, the idea today is that we're going to take questions, like I said. So I'm about to turn on the chat room. I can see that backstage is full already. We've got room for 10 people backstage, and I see a lot of you are trying to join, so thank you. Um, I can only take – this system can only take 10 at a time, and I can see uh, Nadim and Amir and Frankie and Dave and Kenlin and Lauren and Nick and Nikki and Chris are the folks who are backstage. So they're going to get the first crack at answering, asking questions. And um, when they're finished, guys in the backstage, the people I just named, when you're finished, please kind of like hang up the phone and then go watch on YouTube or LinkedIn Live so that you can allow room for other people to come in and ask questions, okay? And we'll try to get through as many people as we can because uh, this is hopefully, supposed to be fun and easy and friendly, all right? So that's the vibe. I'm going to turn on the chat room now. The chat room is specifically for you folks all to say hello. Um, we're going to have the chat. Uh, I guess I need to click the button. Here we go. Let's click the button. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Let's bring everybody on, and we'll take some notes. And let me just review the chat room. These chats are 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 um, working. Good. Yes. So hello. Yes. Hello from France. Hello from Hawaii. Uh, from Orlando. From Singapore. From San Jose. 
Um, Zurich, Nashville. Great. We've got a great crowd here today. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to turn on the chat room in a minute, but first I'm going to bring all the folks back on camera for a second. Okay. And those of you who are about to come on camera, hold on. I'm looking for my notepad. Where did I put my notes right here? Um, I want to, I'm going to just take some quick notes. So if you could just tell me real quickly what you want to talk about. Okay, and what you're going to talk about so that I can just, I'm going to take notes and we'll figure out what kind of some order that makes sense for everybody, all right? So um, let's see. So here we've got uh, Amir and Nadim, and here is Frankie. Hello, Frankie. And here comes Dave, and let's see here, Lauren. Great, we've got some ladies in the house for a change. This is good. Okay, and not everybody's showing. Okay, so let me... Hold on. Let's see. Let's try like that. There's a few more. Okay. That's getting there. Uh, and Chris. All right. Good crowd here. All right. Hi, everybody. Let's see. And somebody's got a lot of background noise. So I'm going to, yeah, and some feedback. So let's see here. Not, not Dave. Maybe that was Dave. Yeah. Dave, I'm going to mute you until you talk. Uh, and then not Frankie. Okay, maybe it's me, right? You never know these magic internet things. No, not Chris, not Lauren. Okay, well, I guess that's as good as we're going to do. Dave, we'll, don't worry, we'll let you talk, but you had some background noise there. Um, okay, all right, so hi, everybody. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Scott. I don't think I've met any of you before, um, but I'm glad that you're here. So I'm just going to have you each uh, chime in for a second and let me know what you want to talk about today. Uh, just a quick version, okay, not the whole pitch, just like a 10-second, I want to talk about fundraising. I want to talk about, you know, uh, why my dog left me, you know, that kind of stuff, just quickly, and we'll get through that, and um, and then I'll, I'll make a little agenda, and then we'll turn on the chat room, everybody, and everybody can contribute, okay? So, Dave, let me let you on first, since I think you're the one that was having some trouble. So, let's, yeah, really loud there, Dave, but can you just speak quickly? Is now? No. I'm not sure what That's okay. Is it all on? Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, my question is uh, actually, uh, or not from the want to talk about it, it's fundraising, and it's a two-part question around, um, I guess, what's advisable to uh, to include in your fundraising budget? In the budget, okay, interesting. That's usually the deck people ask about, but sure, we can talk about that. Well, similar here, yeah. Okay, cool. Going to mute you back, and I'm going to turn off your camera. Don't be offended. We'll be back to you. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, let's see, who's next here? Let's up there at the top. Who's that? Nadim. Nadim, go ahead. Hi, everyone. Thanks for hosting that um, event. So uh, mainly my question is about my startup. At what point I would start uh, into, like, looking into getting uh, funders and stop paying out of my pocket, out of my salary um, for my startup? Yeah, okay, great question. Where, and where are you today, Nadim? I am at the already uh, the business has for me uh, like the formation has been completed as domain and license. Okay. And I'm already uh, okay. planning a prototype Sorry. to Sorry. present. Sorry, no, I meant geographically. <laughs> Just where do you live? Ah, where I live, I said where I thought where where am I the project? I'm in Arlington, Virginia. Virginia, okay, great. Nice to see you today. We'll be back in a minute. That's a great question. Okay, and then uh, somebody got hidden there by the, let's see. Okay, who is that? Amir. Hey, Amir. Nice to meet you. Where are you today? Hey, Scott. I'm in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Right nearby. What did you <laughs> want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I'm doing a hard tech startup, and I'm um, just starting to 
you know, do my cold emails and, um, you know, filling out the incubator and accelerator um, uh, application. And I was hoping to talk about our pitch decks and um, was hoping that if there was time, you could roast my pitch deck and um, <laughs> and uh, kind of talk about that. Okay, got it. I'm happy to talk through that. I do do deck reviews, but I can't do them live. It's just oh, okay. too many screens. If you want to pitch, you can actually talk and pitch, and we can talk sure. through your through your pitch. Sure. But, but decks themselves, I don't do. I do, if anybody wants it, I do do reviews over here. Um, so, but that that's a little more complicated. Okay. Sure. So okay. we'll get back to you. If and thank you. Okay. And then we've got. Let's see who's next here. Uh, room still full, guys. Trying to join. Frankie's next on my list. Hello, Frankie. Hi there. Um, so I'm here actually with Lauren. We're both representing the same company today. Okay. Um, and we are actually in an interesting stage of things. We're not necessarily a brand new business, but we are acquiring a business. Okay. Um, and so any insight that you have in terms of maybe different ways that we might be able to navigate the startup space and resources um, around fundraising and capital, because we do have two years of that we're bringing into this business. Um, that so, just any insight on that in terms of being just in a, a, a bit of a different position than just starting from yeah. ground zero. Not from scratch. Okay, cool. Well, that's interesting. All right. So we'll put you a, a couple questions in. We'll do the basic stuff first, and then we'll come to you, you ladies. And I have to say, it's great to have some women here. I think last time or two months ago, it was all guys, and that's fine, obviously. But it's kind of lame. I mean, we need to really support women entrepreneurs. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Um, yes, and I know Lauren may have something different that she wants to bring in in terms of questions as well, but that was just what came to my mind. Sure. Lauren, what's on your mind? Anything different? Lauren? No? Can you hear me okay? Yes, there we go. Yes. Okay, we're going to have to come back to you, Lauren. Can you hear me okay, Scott? Yes. Sorry, my, my connection just went out. Okay, yes. Okay, sorry. We're going to have to, Lauren, or uh, uh, Frankie, can you tell Lauren that we love her, but we we got to be able to hear her. <laughs> okay. Yes, um, I will. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, and then uh, was, sorry, I can't see everybody's names. Uh, Kenlin. Hi, Kenlin. How are you? Uh, looks like you're muted, Kenlin. Did I mute you? No? No? Can't hear you. No? Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to have to move on. You can adjust your settings. You're welcome to one more try. Can you talk? I don't see your lips moving. Let's... No, nothing. Okay. Sorry. Nice to meet you. Um, Michael. Hello, Michael. Where, where are you today? Hey, I'm out of Irvine. But I'm interested in hearing about what um, legal protections we should have in place before uh, reaching out to investors. Okay, excellent. I'm going to have to mute you. That truck is, yeah. Okay. Uh, you And you actually, thanks to Michael, he actually emailed in earlier, so I got to think about that one. Appreciate that. Uh, if any of you are repeat offenders here, uh, it really is helpful for me when people email and I can think about what you're going to ask me. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we'll get to Michael's question in a moment. And looks like we're up for Martin. Hello, Martin. Nice to see you. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Good. Nice to see you today. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? 
What would you like to talk about? Yeah, so I've been uh, I've had a, I'm in the B2B marketing space. Um, I had a company that like we have clients and we're kind of we've been self-funded for the last couple of years and we're at the spot right now where we're looking at investing into different platforms and building different technologies to basically streamline our um, our workflow. And I'm kind of at the at the point where it's, um looking to bring on investors, so I kind of wanted to see what exactly I need to look for in an investing partner or somebody that could actually, it's not just about the money, but somebody that can actually bring value into the company. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you both, and Frankie, for sticking around. And let's see here. Okay, so that gives us a, a table of contents, as it were, for today. So thanks all those folks for contributing. That should give us plenty to talk about. I'm going to turn on the chat room now too. And you can see that there's lots of people here. Appreciate you all being here. And uh, the chat will start showing up here in a second. If you're on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook, um, there's someplace else too. I can't keep track of them all. Um, but uh, we will be talking through those and I'll be answering questions from the chat room as well. The most common question, of course, is how do I get to ask a question? <laughs> and the, the number one answer to that is simply, um, to come on camera or to put it in the chat room. Backstage only has room for 10 people, and that's why a lot of you are struggling to get in because we have 10 people back there already. So don't take it personally. Uh, those folks will, uh, will work through their questions as well in the time that we have available, and, and hopefully we'll get to yours as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's kind of the concept. So let's just um, – you heard what we're going to talk about. Let me take a second and think about where we're going to go in terms of the order of these notes that I just took. Some interesting progression there from early stage to later stage, mostly about fundraising, which is the usual question we have, as well as some questions about legal issues, which is another common one for us. And let me just review the chat room in case anything's on fire that I missed. And um, those of you who arrived early, it looks like they won't display the chat unless you post again. So you're welcome to post again if you'd like publicly. Um, just starting at the top here real quick. Um, Chris and Nadim and Angel, the folks that are, that's a private chat. You're in the backstage chat, so I can see you there, uh, but, and I will get to that when I can, but I'm really focused on the public chat is what I'm talking about, and that's over on YouTube or LinkedIn, I think, right? Do we have anybody from LinkedIn here? It looks like everybody's from YouTube. Uh, let's see. Uh, hello, Roderick. Hi, Rachel. Um, Orteza, and uh, let me know where you're from, folks, too. Victoc is from France. Uh, Pasca from Hawaii. Uh, Amin from Orlando, Laser Pulse from Singapore, uh, Eric and Deepak from San Jose. Uh, Bobby, the, the Zoom link is um, it's uh, founderofficehours.com, but the backstage is full right now. And then Morteza, um, let's see, I'll, I'll get back to that if I can. Hello from Zurich. Athena, hey. Hey, Athena from Anaheim. Alana from Nashville. Um, Let's see. Do you want to book an appointment? Renee says, yes, Renee. Yeah, I do this. I can, these cost, appointments cost money. I don't have any way to control my time except to, um, to uh, charge for it. So yes, you can come and book over here if that's helpful. Um, and I only have room for a few of those each month. I do, I spend most of my time at events like this where I can talk to lots of people and help lots of people at once. So hopefully this is helpful to you. And then, by the way, there's lots of archives of this on YouTube and on, um, on Blog Talk Radio, um, this podcast, I've been doing this on and off for many years. Um, let's see, YouTube, um, hello, Corbin, um, send questions. Uh, Pascal, yeah, you're doing that in the right place there. Uh, Salil from Washington. And da, 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 da. Very cool. 
Okay, so Leo, that's a good question about AI and talking to VCs. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris in Portugal. Um, so Chris, let me address that. Chris uh, wants to develop single-family residences as well as townhome communities. And Morteza wants to build a real estate business that rents shared medical offices to doctors. Those are both fabulous ideas, but they're outside my expertise. So I'm happy to talk about raising money in general. But what we're talking about today really is raising money from um, high-growth investors, meaning really venture, venture capital, uh, and angel investors who primarily focus on software and technology-related ventures. So the principles, I think, are largely the same, but I, we don't have time, unfortunately, to talk about real estate ventures. So uh, I'll be skipping over that. That's about as much as I can talk about it here. Okay, uh, Boston, Herndon, Virginia, Andre again. Hey, nice to see you. And uh, uh, L.A. also. Um, bop, 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 bop. Okay, London. Great. Awesome. awesome. Okay, so let's get going. So that's, um, just want to make sure, I have to check that, make sure everything's working. Sounds like you can hear me, which is also often an issue. Let's talk about your questions. All right. So, um, all right, let me look at my notes here. So Dave, Nadim, Amir, Frankie, you'll see fundraising. Okay. Nadim, I'm thinking you're probably up first. Okay. Well, these are all good. Well, you know what, Michael, let's do you first, because yours was um, a sort of a preface question about legal, and then we'll go to Nadim, uh, and then probably Dave is my guess, okay? We'll see how this evolves, and um, that's just to let you know. So let's go find in my cute little control panel here. Where did Michael, there's Michael, okay. There he is, hi, Michael. Oh, you're muted. Sorry, that was my fault. Not you, folks. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. All right. So um, give us the quick version of your question again, if you wouldn't mind, and remind everybody where you're from, please. Yeah. So I'm here in Irvine, California. Excellent. Um, my question was, what legal protections should you have been placed before reaching out to investors? Mm -hmm. um, I know the, the typical NDAs um, and all that, but... In terms of, you know, should you have an LLC, should you have uh, the trademark, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's a totally legit question and a good foundational question. And it's smart. Michael's asking a good question. Michael's, Michael's on the ball here. He emailed me first, and he's thinking about what he should do before he acts, which is <laughs> two things in the right direction, right? So um, legal protections are frankly, kind of few and far between in the venture world. The venture world really, if you're talking about venture investors, the venture world really runs on reputation. Um, and as you mentioned already, this is a big one. A lot of people make this mistake, and it sounds like you've already figured this out. Venture investors will not sign non-disclosure agreements. We just see too many deals. It's the same way that Hollywood studios won't um, accept unsolicited manuscripts, because then everybody's going to say, hey, I sent you a script for that new Mission Impossible movie, right? And then claim some sort of ownership. So investors are the same way. We can't sign non-disclosure agreements because it would stop us from seeing all the deals that we need to see to find the best ones. So that's one thing. It, it will make you, frankly, it'll make you look like an amateur if you're going to ask for an NDA. And this might not be true if you have a real hard tech idea or deep patents or something like that, but that would still not be the first conversation. You'd have several conversations first and then say, hey, we're getting to the point where I'm ready to tell you about my secret sauce. Um, but now we need to talk about an NDA. And at that point, you might negotiate one. But it's, as, as a rule, it doesn't happen until at, at all or maybe far into the relationship. So that's one. 
Two, uh, your question about corporate structure. That's a, that's a good one. And this verges, Nadim, on your question as well, uh, when to start fundraising. So we'll get to you about that in a second. But the um, legal protections in terms of corporate structure are kind of up to you. Fundraising, and we'll talk about this more than Nadim, is really about building relationships. So you can start whenever you're ready to build the relationships because no one invests on the first date. Right. This is a this is like finding a long term spouse. Right. Uh, you're going to have many meetings over time. And if you meet with people who are interested in really early stage stuff, they may be excited to mentor and help you figure out everything, including what kind of legal structure to have. So it, there's no clear answer on that. If you're trying to raise you know, real money, like, you know, 20 million dollars or 100 million dollars for a deep tech or a med tech startup or a, a chip fabrication plant or something real money then you're going to need corporate structure up front. But you would have figured this stuff out before because you're already dealing in you know, eight, nine-figure, seven, eight, nine-figure amounts. So that's a little different. Um, a short answer for you would be it depends, <laughs> uh, but it also sounds like you want to find good legal counsel. And especially since you're here in Orange County, uh, we can make referrals to the Orange County Startup Council to several of our sponsors who are great, who do this all the time. And I would counsel everybody, including our new friend Michael here, that – you don't want to use just any attorney. Venture capital is a very specific game, and you don't want to use your brother-in-law who does divorces or your, your sister who, you know, does car accident insurance claims. You know, this is a thing. And people that do it do it all the time. It's more like um, surgery, right? You want somebody who does, you know, heart transplants every day, all day, when you're going to get your heart transplant. That's kind of dramatic, sorry. <laughs> but um, but the concept is you want to find a specialist, and uh, we can help you. Actually, anybody here, if you want referrals, we're happy to do that. Um, it's important to find a good uh, partner for your legal needs. Was that helpful? Yeah, definitely. Appreciate it. Okay, great. All right, we're going to keep moving today. I promised myself I was going to make shorter answers. I'm a pretty good talker. Um, I'll try to cover a lot of people today. I would also encourage you, Michael, and anybody else who's here in Southern California to uh, sign up for the Orange County Startup Council. And we have events uh, all the time in person, and we're happy to meet you in person and talk to you in person at, at the events that we hold. We also do online uh, things, which you should go to uh, startupcouncil.org. Um, where is that? Let me just put up that URL again. This is where everybody should be going because we have all kinds of services and lists. Come on. Uh, huh. Well, here's the events list one. This is a specific one. Uh, we started the world's only calendar for free for you guys of all the events that we can find that are only for startups, only online. So if you don't live in a big city um, and you don't live in Palo Alto or here in Orange County or New York City or London, you can check in on this calendar and get emails of events that are for founders, you know, free networking and training and pitch competitions and all that kind of stuff. And this newsletter will fill you in all those so you can uh, participate in the creator innovation economy remotely more easily. So that's one of the many sort of little services that we have. Um, okay, here's the more general URL. Okay, that's what I meant to say. All right, so let's move on to Nadim. Nadim was next. Thank you, Michael. And Michael, if you don't mind, a lot of people are trying to get on. If you could hang up here and then go over to LinkedIn or YouTube instead, uh, that would free up the backstage space for other folks to participate backstage who have questions because people are knocking on the door. Okay, so here comes Nadim. Hello, Nadim. Um, nice to see you. And where did you say you were today? 
I'm from Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, that's right, D.C., excellent. Okay, cool. All right, so your question was – well, tell me your question again to remind everybody. Yeah, like um, I'm in the process of well, uh, like launching my startup, but I'm still in the prototyping now to present to potential clients. Um, so I want to know at what point I would start uh, stop spending from my mm-hmm. pocket and look into fundraising. Yeah. What point of the implementation? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and it's one every entrepreneur faces. I, I fought this battle myself. Man, I'm fighting it right now. I'm always building things and <laughs> spending more than I should on my own ideas, right? That's what happens when you're an entrepreneur. It's a, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, there's no, you know, 100% answer, right? You, you know your situation better than I ever will. But my general advice would be, well, you need a budget, right? You need, to, you need to have some sort of plan, like how much you need and when. And you're going to compare that to how much you're spending versus how much you have in the bank and that you're willing to spend, right? You don't want to lose your house or spend your kid's college money or something like that unless you're pretty certain that there's going to be some upside. So this is a personal calculation you need to use. I think the answer is not kind of what you meant, but I think this is the real answer, and it's what I alluded to with Michael a minute ago. You really want to get out and start fundraising now, like yesterday because fundraising only happens when you build a relationship the media loves to show that like people go to a pitch competition and they've been in stealth for years and they come on stage and they pitch and suddenly you know the the money rains in it rains down and it just doesn't happen that way um the well, let me a quick question what kind of company is it are you software or hardware it's a software online platform okay well uh it's a first time uh product like okay so the SaaS. i sent you an email about it oh you did it's called uh to the oh yeah 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 sorry you did yes okay yeah oh yeah i'm okay my nurse i remember seeing this okay yeah um okay well you could practice that pitch later if you'd like it sounds interesting but let's answer your question first yeah sorry you did i didn't realize that was you okay um Okay, so if it's a software thing, then, then this is, I'm asking because, like I said earlier, I don't have a lot of expertise, say, in uh, real estate or even med tech, but for software, this is what I do. So um, you want to get out there and build relationships as soon as you can. What you're going to present to investors is a budget that says, basically, uh, do you have any revenue yet? No, I, I have in the uh, formation. Okay. I'm creating a prototype. Uh, that I guess I'm going to spend on, like, uh, which would help me in pitching uh, For sure. when I start pitching. And yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So, okay, so if you don't have any traction yet, with traction is what they call, you know, growth and revenue and so forth, if you don't have any traction yet, the odds are nobody's going to invest anyway. That's the fact. People won't really tell you that, but that's the truth. These days, there are way too many software opportunities for investment that anyone is going to take that risk, unless they already know you and like you. That's why people usually start with friends and family because they already know and trust you. And they may not even understand the idea, but they are fans of Nadim and they think that he can make this happen, whatever it is. They don't maybe even understand, but they're going to make it happen. That's why friends and family are the lead investors in most early stage companies. So you need to start turning, finding investors and turning them into friends, not necessarily family. You don't need to marry anybody, but, but finding right. friends um, and building those relationships so that they can see your growth and not everybody, because this is confidential stuff, but those that seem interested, that match the vibe, um, you can tell them. And I would tell them the truth because they're going to find out anyway. Like, I'm funding this this much. 
I think I have, you know, whatever, six months, 12 months, two years worth of runway left. I'm looking for partners. You know, I know we don't have any traction yet, but I'm thinking in whatever, you know, 90 days we'll hit this milestone and four or five months we'll hit, be here. And at that point, I'm going to looking for some money and, you know, and then I would want to start, you know, covering these expenses, which include me. And that's, that's just the fact. And there's a lot of um, mystery around these things. But honestly, if you're talking about inv angel investors, they're partners. They're not like a bank where you go in and you kind of like, you know, I hope they don't realize that I lost my job. I still need that car loan. And I'm going to like, you know, talk them into something, right? This is a partnership. And um, uh, the sooner you find people that want to join you on that ride uh, and that you can be honest with, uh, the better off you'll be. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Very helpful. Thank you, John. Okay, great. Well, nice to meet you, Nadim. Excellent. I'm glad that was helpful. I know when I started raising money, and even today, um, you know, there's always bigger investors, right? And I know it's easy to be intimidated by the folks that have the money, especially if you don't and you're feeling pressured, right? You're trying to make payroll or, you know, you're, you're spending all your own money. It's, it's very intimidating. Um, but we are people too. <laughs> we meaning me as, with my investor hat on, right? We're just there, like especially angel investors, most of us want to help. We're curious people. We, we're, we want to know what's going on and we like to help solve problems. So, you know, if you have too many problems, I got other things to do. But if you have an interesting structure and opportunity and problem solution set that, that looks like it could be solved by your efforts, that's kind of where we like to play, right? So, um, it's really about building relationships more than just doing 100 pitches and hoping something sticks. Uh, so anyway, this will all be in my next book, <laughs> if that helps. Um, let's see. So let's, let's keep moving here. I just, hopefully this is useful. How are we doing in the chat room? Let me just check in. Um, are we people, uh, yeah, it looks like the viewership is climbing, not declining, so that's good. Um, let's see, Long Beach, uh, let's see, Chris and uh, B and Agnes. Uh, I should have a show on Fox TV. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, go go tell Fox or tell anybody else. Yeah, I'm happy to do a show. I've done a lot of broadcasting. You might be able to tell, but I, I, I like helping people, and this is this is a fun way to do it. So I'm glad it's helpful to you guys. Let's move on to our next question and see. Let's see here. That's what we need. And who was next? It was going to be Dave. Here comes our friend Dave. Hi, Dave. So I need to unmute you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Hey. So you still got some background noise. I don't know what it is, but I can hear you. So let's. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. It's kind of ambient. Like you're. Are you using? It looks like you got ear, ed, uh, a mouse. Oh, I'm earphones to... on. Oh, is that better? No, it's the same. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Just go ahead. That's all right. It's okay. It's harder when there's a group of us. Just the two of us will be fine. Okay. Okay. So you wanted to talk about fundraising. Oh, and what to include in your budget. Was that right? Yeah, so um, just is, so I'm building um, two different AI products, and I've built and launched the uh, prototype of one of them, and I'm looking to raise money to continue building it and help with marketing and growth. The issue that I have is uh, I work full-time, and I don't have any money for marketing, and you know, I've done a few small social, social media ads, um, gathered about 20 users, uh, but I'm, you know, I need to do more of that and uh, more outreach, and I'm looking to raise money to continue building and the time frame that I want to uh, and to grow. So my questions are for the fundraising budget and, and pitch deck. Mm -hmm. One, uh, is it advisable to include marketing expenses in the fundraising budget? And if so, how to present it, how it should be presented? And two, 
um, how do uh, investors typically view the inclusion of like a founder's salary in, in the fundraising budget, especially in the early stages? Sure. Okay, good questions. Um, if you don't mind, I'll take those in reverse order. Salary, salary is a fact. Um, people feel embarrassed. Like I was just saying, it's intimidating to admit that you need to be paid, uh, but it's a fact. So I would, I would disclose it. I mean, you got to include it, right? Or you're going to go broke. <laughs> so um, what you don't want to do is say, you know, with your million dollars, I'm going to pay myself half of that, right? That's not going to fly with anybody. So it needs to be low. Like, you know, I'm sustaining myself because I believe so much in the upside of the equity, right? So pay yourself, I don't know what market rates are for a guy of your talent and where you live, but, you know, we're talking a few thousand a month, not, you know, not champagne caviar sort of rates. And you can even, if you're doing a multi-year plan, you could even have that step up. You know, you might start at three or 4,000 a month and 5,000 a month, 8,000 a month, you know, but you're not going to go real high, um, because presumably things are going to kick in and you're going to do another fundraising round and, you know, that'll happen kind of naturally because the new board will value your services because of all the customers that you've brought in, right? So that'll kind of work itself out in the long run, or the medium run anyway. But in the short run, um, you, you kind of got to be honest, I think. Nobody's going to um, appreciate, you know, as an investor, you're like, oh, this all looks great. Oh, and then you're suddenly like, oh, by the way, I need to pay myself hundred grand a year. Like, wait, whoa, that throws off all the mechanics of the financials that we've been running, right? Investors eat numbers. So you've got to give us all the numbers or, or we'll have indigestion and you don't want that. Um, the other thing to do that investors really appreciate is uh, knowing how much money you have put into the company. So you should quantify this. And some of that can include your own salary. Um, so let's say, I'm just making up numbers here, you put $100,000 in, and um, I don't know, half of that was salary, say over the last two years, whatever, right? That should go in, that should be disclosed and discussed, because it's a common question. I'm in pitch meetings all the time with angel groups that I'm in and stuff, and people are always like, how much have you put in? Like, people want to know, are you just expecting us to pay for your dreams, or are you actually have some skin in the game here, right? And if you're able to say, well, I put, uh, you know, over the last two years, I put in about $100,000. Half of that was for me to cover living expenses and half was hard costs, you know, to pay developers or to buy server space or, you know, whatever it was. Um, that will be appreciated. And the, I'm going into this detail because we generally will give more credence to the hard costs than to money you pay yourself. And this is why you're asking, right? Because there's a sensitivity about, like, how much do you pay yourself. So if you say, I've been working on this and I spent a million dollars on this, but it was all million dollars, in my own salary, like, okay, well, you're just living off your savings, and then that's not quite the same as I spent a million dollars because I had 300 people in Ukraine and India developing this amazing AI platform, right? That's a different sort of cost. Uh, are you with me? It looks like I'm... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And so what about, um, to that point, what about time cost? Because I was, I, I, I developed the whole thing, so I was the developer, you know, it was, right. such, I didn't pay really much, but I spent about like six months developing it yeah. uh, on, my, on my time. So that could be included, equated as money or no? Yeah, it can, but it's going to be discounted is all I'm saying, right? Because it's you. And we know that you're getting double duty out of it. So if you spend a hundred grand on that, that's fine. It's a hundred grand that you don't have anymore. I get it. But you're also, you know, paying for your lunches and your car payment and, you know, okay. So it's, it's kind of, it's not the same as if you wrote a check to somebody you know, to Microsoft for Azure services or something like that's a hard cost, right? So it's fine. It's just, it's not quite as good as having paid someone else. 
that make sense? Yeah. Um, okay, so that's enough on that. I hopefully that's helpful. Happy to follow up on that if you'd like. But let's talk about the other ones because that's actually more to say on the other one because it's a more common question and a great one, um, which was about marketing. Like, so how how do you put do you put marketing budgets in a plan or a pitch, and how how do you frame that? And this is a great one because it's usually done I think wrong. Um, so I'm glad you asked. Um, Here's my take on that. So first of all, if you're going to do marketing, yes, of course, you have to put the costs in there. Everything needs to be there. Um, you can't really be spending marketing money until no, – no, that's wrong. Nobody's going to want to invest in you to give you marketing money until you have demonstrated some traction. Like we're not paying – nobody wants to pay you to figure out your marketing. Maybe a couple thousand dollars or something. You want to run some little tests, but you know, if we're going to give you a hundred grand, we don't want to give you a hundred grand to then go start marketing when you don't know where you're going, right? What you want to do is you want to present your marketing plan in terms of milestones. So if you say we're raising a million dollars, a million dollars is an odd number to raise. I wouldn't suggest that to anybody, which is another topic, but it, it makes for nice, simple examples. Okay, but we're raising a million dollars, and half is on. Uh, development of the team and, you know, coding and so forth, and half is go to market for marketing. Okay, so that's 500 grand. That's not enough because that doesn't mean anything, right? If you say, okay, I'm going to take your money, I'm going to spend it on marketing. Okay, of course you're going to give some detail. Do you, what do you mean by marketing? Do you mean, you know, going to trade shows? Do you mean buying ads on Google? Do you mean, you know, a, launching a podcast? What, I don't know what you mean, right? So of course you have to give a detail. And here's my point. What we really want to see is, What's the ROI on that marketing money? Because marketing money can just be blown, right? And this is why you're asking, right? You understand it's easy to see marketing money as, hey, we all went to Vegas for the weekend and met people and networked, you know, right? And the money's gone. Um, what we want to see is milestones. So you should say, well, of the 500 grand, we're going to do 50 grand of testing in these ways. And at that, we're going to generate this kind of traction. And then with the next 100 grand, we're going to double down on whatever worked. And then we're going to convert you know, hopefully that means we reach whatever, 10,000 people, and we're, we're hoping to get our customer acquisition cost from $100 a person down to $15 a person with a yield rate of 3%. That kind of thing. We want numbers, right? So if you can take your marketing plan, and, and this, I see this all the time. It's probably my number one complaint, which is why I'm going off on this. But this, I see these pie charts all the time. With your million dollars, here's a pie chart. We're going to spend it you know, 40% on marketing, 40% on people, and 20% on overhead. Well, no shit. That doesn't tell me anything, right? This is my money. You're taking money from my kid's college fund, and that's all you got to say to me? Come on, right? You wouldn't say that to your mom, right? <laughs> so got to be specific and put numbers on it. Sorry. That's one of my favorite topics, so thank you. <laughs> is that helpful? Very helpful. Thank you. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, we've met before, actually, you know, nearby. Like, okay. Here, so go on. I'm looking forward to coming to the event soon. Okay, so. good. You look familiar. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's, we've got another conference. Thanks on the 21st, and we'll probably have a masterminds group before that. So, yeah. All right. Well, nice to see you. Well, thank you so much for the help. Yeah, nice to see you, too. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Dave. And let's see here. So, if you're tuning in late, I'm Scott Fox. Uh, I run the Startup Council. We're here to help you, trying to be clever and answer questions for you that can help you accelerate your startup. Um, if that's useful, uh, we're here every month, uh, fourth Tuesday. Uh, noon Pacific is lunchtime for me, and trying to help you out uh, and answer questions that are relevant to accelerating your business online. If it's useful to you, uh, hopefully you will invite your friends, come on and subscribe and like and all that kind of stuff. The uh, Just a reminder, this is not real advice. This is all just for show, <laughs> um, and I'm trying to help, uh, but your mileage may vary. You need to consult your own professionals. 
Uh, all this is publicly recorded and shared, so don't say anything crazy or too confidential. And if you haven't liked and subscribed yet, would you please? Uh, trying to amplify the signal here for all the services that we provide for free uh, over at startupcouncil.org. Uh, just clicking those likes and comments, uh, reposting, all that stuff. It really does drive the algorithms, and um, I'd appreciate your help. So, Okay, so next up, what do we got here? So let's see, Amir. And, oh, yeah, okay. And then Frankie and Lauren, okay. Um, all right, well, any of those could go. Let's see. Let's go, let's go to, let's see, Frankie and Lauren, I think, might be our next stop. There's Frankie. Hello, Frankie. And hold Hi there. On. Let's see if we can get Lauren back here too. Or did Lauren leave? Because her mic wasn't working. Okay, she's not there. So okay. Well then, I guess it's just me and you. <laughs> um, okay. So why don't you remind people the situation here? And where? Are okay. You? Yeah. So sorry. We, where are you? Uh, I'm actually I'm located in Portland. Portland. Uh, Lauren is located in San Diego. Oh, okay. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we have just finished the process of acquiring a women's clinic. Um, and so it's a digital healthcare platform. And we're, we have had funding in the back, you know, in the background over the last two years, we had investors and then, but we're not taking any of the financial assets of the company with us. We're actually starting the finances over. But in some ways, you know, we have a, a patient base, we have providers with us already. So that's what we're moving forward with. And we have a membership model. So we have some revenue that's going to be coming in on a monthly basis. So what we've been doing right now is we're in the middle of a, a raising round that we're calling kind of a transition fund that we're looking for. And so just any advice that you could provide on this unique kind of transition that we're in, maybe how much money we should be looking to raise in terms of that transition, but also other resources like our incubators are good things for us to be a part of if we've already kind of come this far in the process. Um, how to what types of VCs do we need to be looking for that would already like to see some growth and some background? Um, so things like that. Interesting. Okay. Well, congratulations on the transition. I hope that's going to go well. Sounds exciting. Um, just a couple qualifying questions. How much had they raised before? Had it been investor backed before? Yes, it was. Um, there was two different rounds, so one for 500 and one for 150, so 650 total. Okay, so not big money, still early stage stuff. Okay, and it's a digital, mm -hmm. it's a clinic, but it's digital, so it's kind of a SaaS business. You're expecting to grow and scale digitally? Yes. Okay, 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 interesting. Okay, well, so I don't, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't, I don't think I have any great insights into what you would do differently other than disclose, you know, what's going on. Um, that things had been, it's a reboot. Um, I've seen things like this, and um, it generally goes well when you position it as essentially we got 650 grand worth of development work for free, right? Somebody else's money was spent. And so we're ahead of the game here, right? We're not seed, seed stage, as you said, and that's attractive to investors. Um, the more common version of that is what we call non-dilutive funding, which means grants, right? Investors love companies that get grants from the government because they don't take government doesn't take equity, right? So it's like free development money. I would put it in that same category. Um, so emphasizing that you have essentially 
rebooted uh, from scratch with the benefit of that previous uh, investment is, is good. Would the previous investors be participating or have they been burned out? Any ideas? So they're, um, they're going to remain um, partial equity holders, oh, but um, it wasn't a, a monetary buyout. It was an equity buyout. Okay. So they're minority shareholders and you'd be raising it on top of them? I see. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, I guess a lot of the opportunity then would be really targeting the investors, the investor base, right? The, the women's health and uh, women's tech, uh, health tech, all of those are growth areas. Um, and especially with uh, you guys as women founders, that's, that's, there's a lot of people would be interested in hearing about it, I think. So I'm, you're probably aware of, you know, that, but there are a lot of funds that are specifically targeting um, those overlapping, you know, Venn diagrams of, you know, women and health and digital. That's a, that's a pretty good sweet spot you found there, as you obviously know. Um, so I would be looking real specifically as much as you can. Have you seen Startup Investors Directory? This is a service, actually, this is a service. This is my fancy promo. There, nice. No, I haven't seen that yet. We'll have to look into it. Yeah, check that out. That's very my very high tech. Uh, uh, it never crashes this billboard. Um, but that's a that's a directory <laughs> we built um, specifically for folks like you, actually, especially because I'm, I'm really a lot of my work is supporting uh, women founders, underrepresented founders, minorities, uh, outsiders like I used to be, even though I look like a white. I am a white male, but I wasn't always affluent. Um, here, let's see. So this is a this is a service that we built specifically because so many people have trouble finding. There's so many investors, and so much noise, and a lot of people who claim not to be who claim to be investors who are not. Um, this is the only directory in the world that I think currently allows you to go in and search on almost 50 different categories. So you can filter down to find specifically investors who are looking for women and healthcare and keyword and location, like uh, really drill down, and it. Um, it's designed to connect the dots for, for folks like you who have something uh, distinguishing, right? You're not just another, you know, white guy from Stanford with a B2B enterprise software, you know, startup, <laughs> right? Um, so hopefully that, that might be helpful. Um, there's a lot of listings in there. And hold on, there was something else I wanted to tell you. Uh, yeah, so that might be interesting. And there's a code there that should, I, I think it's free or it's 50 bucks or something. We've, we've priced it really as low as we could. Um, over here is another one. This is actually just I'm clicking on the Chirons I have here. This is a whole page of different funds that I'm involved in that are uh, actually there's a women's fund uh, that I'm an investor and LP in called the Thai Women's Fund that you might look at. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so I, I'm just kind of rambling, but I, I is that helpful? Um, Absolutely. That's very helpful. And I, I think that, you know, we've been looking around at, you know, incubators. Do we need oh, yeah. to be in an incubator? What are the, the things that we would get out of an incubator in this stage? I think that that, you know, we're just trying to really be efficient with our energy in this stage right. of transition. And right. and so why not just spread too thin, but also wanting to to take opportunities that might be helpful. Yeah, yeah, that, thank you. That was the other thing I was trying to get back to the accelerator. So accelerators and incubators are a great opportunity. This is for everybody, not just you. I was talking about this with, um, what is that? Oh yeah, a company I'm advising the other day. And they're trying to figure out whether to go that route. And the, here's the short answer is, I think you should look at uh, incubators and accelerators. Everybody should. Of course, you want to look at the good ones. And you want to find the ones that don't charge you a fortune. There's a lot of people that masquerade and want to charge you like 10 grand and basically don't really do very much, right? Or, or they, they take cash up front especially, or they take a chunk or both. 
Um, also, you know, in the old days, incubators were really about giving you office space, but that's not as big a deal anymore because we can work remotely, as, as you and Lauren demonstrate, your remote partners, right? Um, so you've you got to be careful, um, but I think incubators, accelerators can be great because the number one challenge, at least in my experience, lot, the questions I always get and that we're seeing today are about how to find investors and build relationships, and that is something an accelerator can really help you do. So the biggest question I would ask after, after you know, the, the price, essentially, of the participation is who are your funders and how can you connect us? And um, the key question is, I've seen slides, people will put up a slide, you know, we, these are the 3,000, uh, like 300 funders that we work with. But the question is, how recently have you worked with each of those? And what does worked with mean, right? Because sometimes they'll try to make themselves look bigger than they are. Um, so you got to do your due diligence is what I'm saying. And the, where the rubber really hits the road is what is the valuation of your startup? So in the context of the company I was talking about the other day, most of these incubators these days, they'll give you 50, 150, 250, you know, a few hundred grand in exchange for some percentage of your company. And that sounds reasonable, especially if you haven't raised any money before, although I know you're a little different, but this still applies. You're looking, you know, would say, you know, 150 grand be worth it to me? And that's the question, right? How much versus valuation? So the valuation is your real problem, right? So the company that I was talking to the other day, they wanted to do it, and we were like, yeah, we should do that because I know some, you know, we'll get you, you'll meet all these people, da, 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 da. but their valuation they're already valued at $10 million, and they can't do that because the whole point of the incubators and accelerators is that the deals that they're looking for is early stage. They want to give you, say, 150 grand for like 6% of the company, and generally that implies something like, uh, more broadly speaking, like they want to value you at $2 million or maybe three. So if your company already has expectations of being valued, you know, at five or more, I don't know of any incubators, and I could certainly be wrong. I'd love to hear from you guys in the chat um, if I'm wrong about that. Uh, you, you will have already outgrown incubators because they are generally exist because they want to give you a small amount of money for a big piece of the company. And if you're already valued too high, they won't, you won't have a match in terms of their price. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that that was what I would look at. Do your due diligence and then figure out what your valuation is. Because if it's above about three or four million bucks, there are probably not going to be any incubators that I know of that are interested. Um, so, all right. All right. Well, I guess we've got to move on. But it's nice meeting you. Hope we see you again. Uh, and your nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. And on to our next. That was Frankie from Portland. Hold on, Frankie. There it is. Okay. Okay, everybody. So uh, I forgot to mention, by the way, I can see the chat room's busy, and I appreciate you all being here. I hope this is helpful. We're almost through an hour already. Wow. Um, please have your um, – go ahead and talk to each other in the chat room. Um, I'm not the expert on all this stuff. Um, I'm here because I know more than most people, I guess, uh, and because I get around to doing it. But uh, I don't know everything, so please help each other. You're welcome to talk to each other and cross-chatter. Post your LinkedIn's, right? Um, Go ahead and, um, you know, post in there how you can be contacted or share your, uh, you know, the, the link to your beta test or your um, whatever it is you want to do. I'm going to grab my uh, LinkedIn and put it in for you here right now, in fact. Um, let's see. LinkedIn, if you're not on LinkedIn these days, by the way, and actually this is a quick piece of advice. Um, you guys got to get on LinkedIn. It is so much more valuable than it was a few years ago. Um, I'm finding, I go to try to find companies and people uh, on LinkedIn these days who are raising money and they don't have a solid LinkedIn presence. That's 
stupid. You need to get out there and update your headshot and fill out the thing and have some friends and followers. It's, it's the first place that everybody looks these days to validate that you're real. So if you don't have an active LinkedIn profile, um, it doesn't, you don't need to spend money on it. It's free, right? I and mean, you should really go out and do that. So, um, okay, let me run through the uh, uh, chat room here for a second. Oh, Patty. Hey, there's Patty. is a friend of ours, a woman founder. Um, Frankie, this is for you, I think. Uh, Patty says, emmelineventures.vc. Okay. So Patty is a, f a funded founder who's a friend of mine, ours. And Frankie gave the thumbs up, Patty. You can't see that. So, um, yeah, maybe you two want to connect. You're actually both healthcare CEO women founders. Um, okay. Let me just run back to the chat room here for a second. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, okay. Sorry. Lots of chats. This is great. Um, okay, Renee. Okay, Renee, you asked how to book a book with me. I'll put that up again. There's that. Okay, I'm just going to run through the chat here for a second, and then we're going to go back to some video questions. Um, how do you ask a question? It looks like we've got it. We're full backstage. Sorry. Um, I'll get to the rest of those, though. Uh, Salil from D.C. or Washington State, I'm not sure, working on an AI platform. Uh, I think we can put these up. Well, hold on to effectively manage diabetes. A prototype that developed was using, now moving to AI. Should I be looking at VCs at this stage or grants? If VCs want a recommendation on prep, it needs to be completed before talking to VCs. So, Salil, this is the same answer. Um, I get this question a lot. When should I start talking to investors? The answer is yesterday. Go start making relationships. Um, nobody's going to invest, even if you have a brilliant product, unless you have relationships. The relationships are what drive the investments, especially at the angel stage. So, um, and if you don't have investor relationships, then at least have customer relationships because investors aren't going to invest unless they can see the customers care about what you're doing. <laughs> so you need to find the sweet spot of spending your time on what you're building, but also getting out in the world. I know as entrepreneurs, we like to hunker down and especially if you're an engineer or a coder type, you want to just kind of hang out at your keyboard, you know, and build stuff. And that's cool. I, I, I go into that mode myself for sure. Um, but you have to pull yourself back in and, and socialize. Sorry, you're in sales. Um, so the time is now. I don't care how far along your prototype is or your MVP or your business plan or your pitch deck. Go talk to people because that's how the relationships start. And it also is how you get feedback and you need to adjust course. One of the most scary things that we see as investors is when you guys come in and you say, I'm here, it's time for you to invest. And we go, okay, great. Who have you talked to? Nobody. Okay, who's on your team? Nobody. Okay, so what are you doing? Well, I built this great thing. Like, but who cares other than you? Nobody. Okay, sorry, we don't have time for that, right? You have to demonstrate that the world gives a shit before you can expect us to, right? So get out there and mingle. Um, that's why we have these services. Like I was saying, if, even if you live somewhere um, in, a, in a, you know, not mainstream city, um, I'm going to put this back up there again. Uh, I can't find it, but go, go sign up for that. Start, it's startupevents.org. It's a free newsletter with all the events go to virtual events and meet people that's how this works you're not going to make it unless you get out there and mingle okay uh da, 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 da. moving along here okay um what's a gross margin that the vc will be interested to see 
uh, the more the better, Christian. Um, gross margins are great. Uh, what we want to see is not just a one time, though, I guess, would be uh, to suggest, uh, here we go, uh, gross margin needs to be sustainable, right? So there's a lot of people that can have a, gross, a good gross margin uh, in a limited environment. So you sell it once or twice or even 50 times. But if you're going to build a scalable, world-conquering company that attracts venture capital investment, we need to see a gross margin that sustains, right? And it might only be 20%, although better would be 30 or 60 or 80, of course. But we need to know that it's sustainable once you really scale. And that's where a lot of people fall down. You might be able to do it on a small basis, but you need to scale that gross margin as you grow and keep it going. Okay. Um, I'm just hitting a couple more of these. Um, do will I have a chat on real estate another time? No, sorry, Chris, I don't do I don't do real estate. I mean, I do do real estate actually, but I'm not very good at it. Uh, that's not my expertise. This is really about software and and tech companies. Sorry about that, but I'm sure there's a million people on YouTube. Go just go Google that. Um, okay, Marteza says uh, I am working on software that is working on doctors' communications. And connecting specialists to physicians. Talking to doctors is not easy. Help. Okay, well, we're trying, Martisa. Sorry, I don't know what you need. So <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, yeah, uh, you got to give us more than that. Happy. You could book a call with me, I guess, if you'd like, or something like that, or post, um, be more specific in the chat room, and maybe somebody else can respond more specifically. Uh, here's the same thing. Angel's asking this question again. How early should a startup begin to look for investors? Now. Go. Now. <laughs> okay, now. Um, here's uh, Eric asking, might you know of any upcoming events where you can pitch to investors? Sure. Uh, I don't know where you're located, Eric, but if you're in Orange County, California, I'm hosting at least two or three of them in the next couple months myself, and there's many more. You need to get involved in the Orange County Startup Council, or if you are not here in Southern California, go to startupcouncil.org and check out the calendar there. We have Lots of them uh, all over the world. We're trying to help people. By the way, did you know that we have meetups in 40 cities around the world? There's about 50,000 members of the Startup Council. This is not really as small as you might think of it if you're new to us. Uh, but we do this all over the world all the time. And if you're in a foreign, I mean, non, uh, non, if you're far, how do, how do I say this? If you're not in Southern California, but you're in any major city across the United States and most major ca city capitals across the world, uh, there's probably a meetup group there that we started years ago, and we probably have people like you that you would want to meet. So go ahead and check out Meetup or um, visit StartupCouncil.org to see all our meetup lists. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, this is a good one, Chris. Uh, my question, everybody can read this, I think, but you want to be the back-end guy and you want sales and marketing help that would look at sales on commission. Everybody talks about this, and to be honest, I've even tried it myself. It never fucking works. So, no. Um, anybody that's good doesn't need to work 100% on commission. So, this is a great idea, but I just have never seen it work. If there's anybody in the chat room that has experiences otherwise, please tell me or post on LinkedIn later where I can see it, or send me an email. I'm easy to contact. Um, uh, or Chris put in your contact information. I wish it were otherwise, right? But um, salespeople that are good, they like anybody else, they can be paid, right? Why would they work, you know, on commission? I, I've never seen it happen. I hope I'm wrong. Vipaska, this is, you're from Hawaii, right? Aloha. How can I speed up development process to complete an MVP, a solo developer full-time? Should I raise pre-product? 
Uh, well, there's a bunch of questions in there, but I'll cut to the chase. I don't think you can raise pre-product. I don't think that's a thing anymore. People think it is, and that's one of the reasons I do this show. Times have changed. I don't know that anybody's going to fund a pre-product anything unless, as we talked about, friends and family. Those people already know and like you. So if you want to move faster, I agree, you probably need to hire outside people. You probably need to fund this yourself. Or find customers the in-between here, there's friends and family, but the other is customers who are so excited about what you build that they might give you an advance against future services or something like that. There's, that's an in-between. But I don't see people funding Pre's product anymore, uh, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay, yes, please. Uh, call my agent. <laughs> Happy to be on TV again. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> all right. I will try. Oh, she's going to try. Thank you. Um, where can I find angel investors? Hang in there, uh, Martin and whoever's next, uh, Chris, Simone, Mariana. Uh, angel investors, uh, Facebook? No, I don't think Matthias. I, Facebook is not where I would go uh, for, for angel investors. That's why we built Startup Investors Directory. Let me put this up here again. Startup Investors Directory is a customized directory whose link I cannot find. My goodness, this is so difficult. Sorry, guys, doing everything at the same time. There it is. My goodness, okay, I'm going to leave that up for a minute. That seems to be the question over and over. Um, go there and search. It's got 3,000, pushing 4,000 investors, all early stage folks with contact information. And the critical thing is the Startup Investors Directory, it has um, – their portfolios, like what have they already invested in? Those of you who are visual learners, <laughs> there's the logo. Um, it shows what their portfolios are. So here's how you use it. You go and figure out what companies are like yours. What does your company want to be when it grows up? Okay, go find those companies that were already funded, maybe even went public. Go use those as keywords over here and search and find out who invested in those companies because they did well. And then you contact them and you say, hey, I, you know, I have a company like XYZ Company. I know you did well with that. Would you like to try again? I mean, it would be a little fancier than that, obviously, but that's how you make friends because you don't know these people, but you show that you have common interests and expertise and say, I'm building the next XYZ. So here's what we're doing. We'd like to raise some money. Would you like to talk, right, and be friendly and out, uh, outgoing and find the comps, comparables, that's what they mean, comps, find the comps that will appeal to them, and that's what you can do at startupinvestorsdirectory.com. That's why we built it. I mean, because I, I, people asked me this for years, so finally I just went and built it myself. Um, Kozan says, how do you speak to the best way to reach out to those on your list? Sure, that's right. So how do you reach it? Well, it's just what I said. Cold emails don't work anymore. That's the other reason I built this. You can't, spamming doesn't work, right? We all, we're all flooded. You can't spam. You have to make friends. And how do you make friends if you don't know someone? You find something in common, right? Now, when you do that in the real world, you're at a party, you probably know someone in common. So you immediately say something like, hey, how do you know, how do you know her? Or how do you know him? Or why did you come here tonight? Because you know you have some common ground. You need to find common ground. So you go and you figure out who are the investors in your space? You don't just send out random stuff, spam, spray and pray. You figure out who invests in this space, who's done well, who are listed in, in a directory like this, or you can go to PitchBook or CrunchBase, 
by the way, they'll charge you like $10,000, $12,000. Ridiculous and unfair gatekeeping. Um, but uh, you can search, figure out who the comps are, and then email and you say, hi, I see you invested in this company that's like our company. We're building something cool, a modern version of that that's going to do even better, right? And therefore, please come join our party. And you were friendly and you find that common ground. And if you're smart, you'll do a little more. And you'll look them up on LinkedIn and say, oh, you know, you went to the University of Missouri. Well, so did I. Or, you know, I see you're a big 49ers fan, you know. Actually, go Lions this year. Go, go Lions. But, you know, like that kind of thing, like find common ground. You don't just say, hey, send me money, you know. Um, You've got to make friends. So, okay. So, sorry, I'm getting through here. Da, 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 da. Uh, there we go. Roderick says, uh, Roderick has, thank you, Roderick. That's cool. He says it's actually been very helpful. He's been using it. Like, thank you, Roderick. That's helpful. Yeah, we're trying to help um, and uh, recommend that to all of you. It's the only low-cost way to do this. Like I said, they'll charge you 12 grand for access to this kind of stuff otherwise. This is, I don't, I'm sorry, it's 50 bucks, something like that. Um, Oh, this is a good one. Athena, thank you. Let me toss this in. I think this was, uh, who's asking me about budgets? I mean, no, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Um, R&D tax credits. That's a good one. Um, you might, this is true for all of you, actually. Um, there's a thing called an R&D tax credit. Uh, you should ask your accountant or research this online. There's a company called uh, Ardius, A-R-D-I-U-S, run by my friend Josh Lee. Uh, they will give you, the government will give you money back for money that you have spent. I, I think it has to be on employee salaries. So I don't know that it will work. Uh, Athena, you can correct me in the chat room. I, I think it's mostly for W-2 salaries, but, if, um, but there may be more to it than that. And, yeah, there's real money there. Uh, available for uh, founders who have invested in their own businesses. Okay, I'm going to do one more here, and um, then we'll get back to the video. Uh, the, the, how can various stakeholders in the business community plan for potential instability? Wow, Sean, that's a great question. I think that's <laughs> Sean, I wanted to put this up because I know you've come to these before. Um, I don't have a good answer for that, uh, and I, uh, I, gosh, I hope that there's not a problem. Um, hmm. Potential instability after the election? And cash in the bank, I guess. That's usually the answer, right? Cash in the bank. Yikes. Uh, okay, so let's get back to our video here. And we're already at 110. My goodness. Okay. And you are watching Free Startup Fundraising Office Hours. Okay, so next up was, I think... So did Frankie and Lauren. So, okay, Martin. Martin, you've been very patient. Um, and then, let's see, here's Martin. Hey, Martin, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, nice to see you. Martin is a local person here. Um, hang on one second. So then, Chris, I'll get to you as well. And uh, Marina, if you're still around. Um, actually, just one second. Chris, I'm going to bring you on. Hey, Chris, um, can you just give me a quick version? What, what's your question so I can work it in? Absolutely. Chris from Quebec here in Canada. My question was about the, what does it look like the workflow with uh, angel investors? The experience when you do not have this network, mm-hmm. you would like, let's say, to get, to get more familiar with those without having, uh, let's say, without sounding too opportunistic, let alone sell me. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's a great question. Okay, cool. We'll be right back to you. Okay. Awesome. But let's hit Martin since he's been waiting. Okay, Martin. 
Go ahead. All right, so, so I have a, a B2B marketing sales enablement company. Uh, we've been kind of testing a lot of different markets for the last couple of years and finally figured out like our kind of our product market fit on um, like who we work with and more importantly, who we don't work with. Um, and I guess my, my question is I've been, I'm a solo founder. I've been pretty stretched a little thin uh, between deliverables and uh, client acquisition. So I'm looking at um, automating and using AI to um, for my own backend workflow, uh, but this is obviously going to take some capital. So um, in, in between either trying to, and also like with bringing in capital, like I can go to friends and family, but none of them have like the expertise to actually help me push the needle on growth of my business. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess my question is, I'm, I'm leaning between either looking for some sort of technical founder, a partnering with some sort of uh, development company, or, you know, trying to look for some VC funding. Um, so I think that's kind of where my, where my question is, is like, uh, yeah, where do I go from here? <laughs> that's interesting. But the one thing that you did say um, that actually kind of got my wheels turning was the advancing in future services. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was, the, that, that was a pretty good point. Yeah, well, that, that's a good, good way to get going when you actually have services, right? So you already know, yeah. you have an expertise, just like I was talking about, actually. So I guess that was directed to you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I would be thinking about is I have rarely found, that's not, that's not the right way to say it. It's hard to find a co-founder, right? I think what you're really looking for is, uh, well, let me back up. So investors, who knows, right? You, got, you just got to beat the pavement and find people who are interested in this stuff. There's no way that I know to do that other than to get out and press the flesh. Um, the startup investor director that we built is the best I've come up with, um, but you have such a specific niche and you're talking more about a services business rather than a product business, right? So I'm not sure it would be the right fit for you either, but you're certainly welcome to try, right? Um, what comes to mind for me is building on what you, what you picked out of my previous answer was, I think I would be looking, if you really want to scale, the best way to scale is not to just have a, a person, but to have a team. And if you could find another agency that was doing the kind of stuff that you need done but isn't good at what you do, I would bring them in as kind of like not a co-founder or partners, but like some kind of swap barter of services for, you know, a good chunk of maybe of, of equity, but also, you know, like 10% of the company, not 50, you know, or something like whatever makes sense to you. But if there, because there are people that do what you're saying, lots of them. And they don't yeah. aren't they're not good at what you do, um, so that to me would be interesting because there's a lot of people I and I get pitches all the time. Just change your uh, change your <laughs> LinkedIn profile to say angel investor, and you'll hear from all kinds of people. <laughs> but um, but I hear from people all the time with different kind of AI services that are looking to uh, automate process like you're talking about, and a lot of them are non-US, right? Um, so that can mean uh, greater bang for your buck, essentially, in terms of uh, manpower, you know, or, or, woman, right. or woman power. So that, that's an angle. I don't know if you've been thinking about that, but I think I would be thinking about that rather than trying to raise straight venture capital type money because uh, I don't know enough about your business, uh, but it doesn't sound like it's one that's going to progress down the traditional kind of go public or get acquired sort of thing, which means that VC investors aren't necessarily going to be interested anyway. You're sounding like you're building an agency, and I could be wrong, and unfortunately we don't have time to go into it, although I'd be happy to see you again in the future at one of our local events. But, you know, if you're building something that isn't going to become, you know, have 10,000 employees 
and a lot of times VCs aren't interested. If you're talking about, you know, a couple hundred person agency that makes you personally five or 10 million a year, that's a really good business, but it's not a VC type business. That's more of a partnership type business, right? And we okay. you maybe find another agency. And um, anyway, that's what comes to mind. Hopefully that'll spur some thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Okay, great. Nice to see you. We'll be seeing you again soon. Okay, so um, I saw a quick question in the in the chat room. Let me just answer this. We're going to bring Chris on in a second here. Um, Michael said, when you have masterminds meetings, are they in person in Orange County? Yes. So we have masterminds meetings um, once a month-ish, depending on my travel schedule. Um, and the masterminds meetings are kind of like this, but everybody gets to talk. <laughs> and so we have 40 or 50 people. And everybody brings a question, and we work through the themes together. And I moderate. I don't do all the talking. I actually started this show because at the masterminds meetings, people kept asking me to talk more because <laughs> I have a lot of background, right? Um, but the mastermind meetings are more interactive, and I, um, we do. And the answer to the question is, I alternate. They're in person and online. So they used to all be local, and then during the pandemic, they were all online. And these days, I do them once a month uh, in Southern California and once a month virtually online. So the next uh, local one in Orange County, I'm targeting for the end of the month. We're a little behind schedule, so I don't have the date yet. Um, but either way, if you want to get on the mailing list, we'd be happy to have you join these virtually. This goes out to all of you worldwide. And when we do these, we get people from everywhere, right, from, from Australia and from Japan and Berlin and Mumbai and, you know, Philadelphia and Miami, everywhere, of course, just like this show. Um, and then everybody meets. It's a really fun networking and very stimulating. Um, so those, and you can find out more about those. I don't think I have a Chiron for that actually, but um, it's mastermindsoc.org. Um, but you can go to the Startup Council website and uh, find the services there. And I'd recommend you come. And Michael, especially if you're here, yeah, come come in person. Um, okay, I just wanted to hit that one quickly. And then up was our friend Chris. Okay, here's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hey, where are you today? In Quebec City in Canada. Oh, Canada. Cool. Nice to meet you. Uh, Likewise. Bonjour. Um, bonjour. Uh, so let's talk about, you want to talk about how to approach angel investors? Did I get that right? Exactly, yes. I'm still on the fence whether I should have uh, angel investors or still uh, remain with the D.C. And then um, we all hear those uh, horror stories, all those uh, those rumors where uh, investors simply come in, well, angel investors simply come in with some kind of uh, sense of entitlement and they ask, let's say, I want 40% of the startup, yeah. I want 50% or I want I want to spend 80% of your company and so forth. I would like to, to take those out and simply uh, get to know what it really looks like uh, the other way around. Right, right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of predators out there. Um, yeah, so, well... I guess the place to start and, and steer me, just raise your hand if I'm going off track because that's a pretty broad question. But um, you're, once you're aware of it, you're already halfway you know, accomplishing your goal because as soon as somebody starts talking like that, you can pretty much end the discussion. They're, they're clearly not doing this. The in-between that's harder to suss out is there are a lot of people who act like um, – I'm a I'm a bank I'm an investment banker I help broker these things or I'm a marketing consultant and I have fun, raise money for companies and stuff like that and they do that and then they want a chunk of it even though they don't do very much 
Now, that can be a legitimate business, but at least in the United States, you have to be licensed to do that. You cannot raise money for a percentage. That's not a thing that you can do without being licensed by the SEC, at least as I understand it. Again, I could be wrong, but last time I looked. Um, so if you're talking to people, you want to not talk to intermediaries. You want to talk to actual investors. So that's probably obvious, but it's worth saying because I see this all the time. Um, you also don't want to sign a contract of any sort that um, offers you some kind of services in exchange for introductions, that's kind of the same thing. Uh, often those contracts have a, a, a clawback in the sense that, uh, well, actually, I'll give you a story. This happened to a, a friend of mine, unfortunately, who was too anxious to raise money, and he signed a deal with this company that saw him on an online pitch, and uh, he'd never heard of them, I never heard of them, but they said, hey, we're really excited about your company, send us your deck, blah, 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 okay, great, sign this little deal, we'll raise some money for you, because uh, we're going to, actually, I think they even said, we're going we, we're to go into due diligence. We, so we can invest, we need you to sign this thing. Then it turned out they wouldn't allow him to check references or anything, and so he, but he'd already signed the thing. Bottom line, there was a, it cost him $9,800 or something because they had a fee in there that they had to recover their due diligence costs, which is complete bullshit. They didn't do anything. They did this entire, they were doing this $10,000 at a time screwing founders, right? So um, they, had, they had no intention of investing as far as I could tell. Um, and unfortunately, he had signed it uh, without talking to me, basically. Um, but so anyway, that's the kind of horror story you're hearing, I think. So it's really about due diligence. Um, Google is your friend. Uh, always ask for references. Uh, go to uh, established name brand events before you meet people. Um, look at places like the startupinvestorsdirectory.com I was talking about. Ask your friends. Uh, and everybody, it's okay to check references. That's the thing that uh, founders are often very loath to do. They don't want to offend anybody. They're so excited that they might be getting close to money. They don't want to ask any awkward questions. But anybody who's a legit investor has done this multiple times. Says, sure, talk to this guy, talk to this guy, you know, or a girl, you know, and uh, they shouldn't be shy about that. If they are, that's a big red flag. Is that, was that on point at all? Helpful? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, yeah, happy to help. Um, that kind of thing we talk about a lot here. So, yeah, come back again, and um, if you have more specific questions, um, one of our Masterminds uh, workshops would probably be great for you, too. Um, the, uh, I guess the other thing I would say, just as a parting shot, don't worry too much about that because it's natural. It's the same as Michael's question at the top of the show, you know, the, for his first question, and I'm sure he has other questions, but, you know, what are the legal protections? People, you, you get worried about protecting what you've got. And, and that's totally understandable. I've been in that same place, right? But if you don't get out there, you're not going to get anywhere. And you will be better off by learning from a couple of those bad encounters. <laughs> Just don't say anything, right? But learning from a few of the bad encounters will get you where you're going faster. Because if you guard things too closely, it will take too long. And the most precious thing you have is your time. And your time is not just um, in terms of hours, but it's in terms of your spirit and your enthusiasm. And if, you know, you can't spend, you know, today, and I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to everybody, right? You, you may have a world-changing idea, but if you spend the next four years on this and never get out of your comfort zone, you're going to run out of enthusiasm. Even if you have the money, you've got to use your enthusiasm while you can and, and, and go for it. Um, and if you guard it too closely, it'll wither. And, um, and I'm here to help encourage you, so hopefully that's encouraging. <laughs> so, there we go. 
Well, thank you very much, and especially thank you for all this initiative and what you do for the other partners out there uh, around the world. It's uh, truly appreciated, and definitely signing up for all the other events. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. All right. Nice to meet you. Aventos is fair. Okay. Let's uh, move on. So 123. All right. We're going to need to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, that was Chris. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Did, did I? Okay. Um, da -da -da -da. Okay. So Chris. Okay. I'm trying to look in the back stage here. Okay. Chris from New Zealand has, okay. So Chris from New Zealand and then Marina, if you want to turn your camera on, if you're still here, um, and we'll talk to you folks. Looks like we're running out of time. Um, okay. And being employed in the same administrator. Okay, let's okay, let's bring Chris on. Okay, Chris. Hi. Good day. Hi, good night. <laughs> nice to meet you. So you had a, uh, sounds like you're well, you're in New Zealand, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Great, great. Well, glad you're joining us. Uh, so a sales and marketing question, was that what it was? Yeah, you answered that already in terms of just pure commission-based hmm. sales and marketing. Okay. But I guess more broadly, if you, if you are, do find yourself naturally gravitating to the, you know, the back end, um, I have a, if you call it a scale up now, so I've been doing it as a hobby. Mm. Um, but I do have some customers, um, and there's a database of, of customers who honestly I've not said hello to in, in, in years, I guess, because I'm just, you know, I'm in the back end right. tinkering. Uh, I mean, partly perhaps is that a motivation thing? You know, we just need to embrace that, that um, sales side. Yeah, anything like that, I'd be appreciated. Sure. Well, yeah, so, yeah, I guess I did cover that already, but I guess the, you're going to have to do things when you're an early-stage founder that don't scale, unless you have infinite resources, in which case you wouldn't be an early-stage founder, right? So the things that don't scale are those first five or ten customers, uh, and it's probably you, Chris, sorry. Um, you know, somebody's got to do it, or you have no business. Um, and what you need to do is demonstrate some commission, sorry, some um, revenue in order to generate some sales because that's what investors are going to want. And it's also going to be kind of uh, expected, even if you can find affiliate or commission-based salespeople, they're going to know what, what your track record is, right? Starting from scratch is a really big ask for anybody, right? Um, at least if you could say, I've closed, whatever, five deals of an average this size and we made this much money on each, that would say a lot to investors and to salespeople um, because otherwise it's all just wishful thinking, honestly. We don't know, right? We don't know. I just met you. I mean, you seem like a nice guy, but I don't know, right? And you can't imagine the number of nice people that we meet who all seem to have good ideas, right? It's, just, it's really hard. And I'm not singing a sad song for investors. We're doing fine, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult business and it comes down a lot of it to personality um, and fit. And um, if the founder hasn't demonstrated that they're going to go out and get it, whatever it is, the next guy will. So I, don't, I hope that's inspiring and not intimidating, but it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you're welcome. So um, if uh, 
if anybody in the chat room has other suggestions, please please share them with Chris. Um, sounds like he's he's in a place where a lot of us sit. Um, brilliant ideas, um, and, and I think the partnership idea we've been exploring a little might also be helpful, Chris. It's looking at those initial list of customers and finding out who's the most natural fit, because being an introvert is not easy. Um, it's a being an extrovert. Let me put it another way: being an extrovert is natural to some people, but for other people, it's a learned skill, and Practice is what does it, and if you can start with the easy ones and do those and do them over and over, it gets easier, right? So you, you just—it's the first one's the hardest. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. But speaking from personal experience, but nice to meet you. Hope to see you again next time. Yeah. All right, and we're gonna move on here. And it looks like Marina might be our cleanup here. We're gonna run out of time here. Hey, Marina. Nice to meet you. Where are you today? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hello, I'm calling from Paris. I'm sorry. Ah, bonjour. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. What's okay. So, uh, yes. Uh, thank you very much for this video. It's been great. Cool. You replied once with several questions. I couldn't get exact answers from multiple webinars, so I will give you a regular. That's the one that's the one digital platform which is also based in, uh, which is also built in something uh, kind of digital clinic for women. Uh, it's not, it's a really, really stage, not exactly, not in this year, something in the middle. Uh, I'm running an amount of money, so basically still working out a couple of solutions to continue. But it's very possible that I will still need to be until later to bring the uh, MVP right. And also to relate to the previous discussion you guys, I just really determined and starting like like now end of January. The networking, networking, and to be to and outside of their um, my screen uh, research and development to build my myself social media to. To do whatever is possible, to build community, probably to build crowds for crowdfunding, whatever is possible because I understand how the creation is really stuff. Especially I'm being like solo founders and you know, founders, so it's very stuff. But I've been on the army, but I was like, okay, like, like incredible obstacles. I always wake up in the morning, find solution, and determine to bring it life. So, any, any other advice you can give us today? We want to do it too much. Uh, my basically, uh, if any special, if there is anything, is it method to describe in any case with this kind of mission and DP, something is done, like 2,000 line of thought, some things, or it doesn't matter. If there is no MVP, no MVP. That doesn't matter if all was a kind of uh, a lot of things already built that still want to be ready, or it doesn't make sense to prevent from uh, picture because it is really like black and white, in DP or non DP, and not the way like even slides to describe what they did so far. Okay, so, so Marina, I, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. There's a lot of background noise. What's your question? Uh, my question is, uh, for example, currently I have a question about MVP. But when it is not prototype, but already 
lead way in between. Doesn't make any sense to describe it somehow in the deck, or it's clearly black and white. And we be ready for no MVP. I'm sorry, I don't understand. You, if you you have an M, I I don't. I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're asking me. You have an MVP, or you 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 want to know if you need one? No, no. It's let's say half of the race towards MVP, but it's not prototype already. It's it's not prototype, but it's not MVP ready yet. But to finalize MVP, I will need to raise a bit of money in and the investors move this time. Oh. This is the question. Doesn't matter if a company is done and needs money to finalize it all together. Ah, okay, okay, oh, got it. Doesn't it. matter. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you because it's the background is really noisy. Um, okay, so I think what Marina is asking is um, if she's raising money and she needs like half of it to complete an MVP, if now is the right time or not to raise. Is that more or less the concept, Marina? Is raise? Yeah. Okay, that's about as good as we're gonna do, I think, because it's really hard to hear you. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll try to address that. I'm sorry if this is off base. <laughs> um, so an MVP. Let me back up. I don't know. She said uh, it's a digital platform, I think a health platform. So first of all, you should probably connect with Frankie and Lauren, uh, who were on the show earlier, as well as Patty Bolenbach, uh, who are some other female founders who are in the women's healthcare space, <laughs> or who are women and or in the healthcare space. So you might want to watch the archived uh, video later once this posts on YouTube. Because um, uh, as part of being a solo founder, one of the biggest challenges is being alone, right? So I heard that part of you, your uh, discussion clearly. Uh, finding support can be wonderful, and we'll be happy to hear you uh, at some of our future events and support you there too. In terms of an MVP, I don't think you're going to be able to raise money unless you have an MVP. Um, these days, I don't know what the market is like in France per se, but uh, software uh, investment these days is mostly done after there's uh, at least a prototype and probably an MVP and even some traction. There are so many software opportunities available to investors like us that uh, it's hard to get investors excited um, unless you already show that not only is the thing built, but it's functioning enough that people are buying it. Um, most VC-type money these days is used to add fuel to a fire that's already burning, not to start the fire, if that makes sense. So I would... Again, I apologize because it's hard hearing you, and it's uh, we're out of kind of out of time. But um, I would focus on doing, and this is actually answers a bunch of the people's questions. So hopefully this is helpful for more than just you. But I would focus on doing whatever you can with whatever you've got today to demonstrate some kind of customer engagement. So whether you actually have an MVP or a prototype or not, talk to the people who are the most likely customers of what you're going to build. Maybe you haven't built it yet, but talk to the people who would be the buyers and get their feedback. See if you can get some kind of even small demonstration of interest or commitment from them. Like even just a quote saying, uh, I think you said you were in healthcare, so you're like the head of a hospital who says, yes, if Marina built this, we're interested. You know, or even better, if Marina built this and it costs $10,000 a year, we'd buy six of them, right? You know, like some sort of this is what I call kind of like faux traction, like fake traction, right? It's not actually anything, but it shows that you've talked to somebody other than just yourself. And this is what I was just talking about with Chris from New Zealand a couple minutes ago. What investors are really worried about, especially with solo founders that are pre-product, is does anybody 
care about this other than you? Is this even a thing? We, we don't know. Like, we don't know you. So you need to have somebody outside of yourself say, yes, we think this is a thing. We think it's going to happen, and we would actually pay for it. Um, so finding that nexus of potential customers or even actual customers who will actually pay money is what you need to demonstrate. And that's what you need to demonstrate even more than you need to demonstrate a product. Because as an investor, I don't – this is kind of shocking to entrepreneurs, product-driven folks. I don't care what the product is. I'm here because I want you to make money, right? So if you can show somehow that you have a path toward money, I almost don't care what the product is or what, where you're at. So um, I, I wouldn't hit that too hard, right, because, of course, all of us have interests and domain expertise and so forth. Uh, and the in-between, again, is there may be friends and family who already know you and trust you, as I've talked about for an hour and a half now, who might put in some money to help you get farther along because, of course, it will be easier to get commitment once you have an MVP that you can show those customers, right? So it's really a ladder of iterations. You have nothing, you build a little something, you get some feedback. Then you build a little more, then you talk somebody into investing a little, then you build a little more, and then you get a little better feedback, and they come in a little more. You have to just kind of climb up the ladder uh, demonstrating traction even though you don't have a product until you actually do have a product. Um, so I don't know. That, that's kind of what I got. It was a long answer anyway. But was that helpful? You're nodding anyway. That's why I kept going. So hopefully that was somewhat useful. Um, that's the strategy that I would adopt because investors really, um, uh, we want to see growth and revenues. Um, that's really what it takes these days. And I don't know, um, I haven't, I was in France this summer, but I wasn't there on business. Um, I don't know what the investing environment is like there, but my sense is that it's harder to raise early stage money in Europe than it is in the States. And here, even in the States, you can't raise with just uh, a pre-product MVP anymore. So you need customer traction and, and revenue um, in most cases. So I, I'd be happy to be wrong, but that's my impression. So, okay. So um, I don't know. Was that helpful? Am I, Thank you. Yeah? Is it useful? <laughs> A little bit? <laughs> okay. 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 Nice to meet you. And I hope that was helpful. Okay. So we are kind of out of time here, I think. I think I'm going to have to wrap up. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Let me just check through the chat room here. Um, and a lot of you stuck around today. Please uh, do. I'm going to run through the chat room and respond to whatever else we have there. If you um, have not yet joined Startup Council, you should. It's free. I'm uh, doing my best uh, to, um, to create stuff that's helpful to you. Um, your likes and subscribes and shares. If you're watching this later, you can watch it on YouTube or you can, watch it, you can rewind it and watch it faster if you want to skip to the good parts. Um, liking and subscribing is really helpful. I know it sounds stupid, but little clicks make a big difference. And I'm honestly doing this to try to help. Okay, so don't leave yet. Let's just run through the chat in case I missed anything else. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Okay. This is Wade is chiming in on, this is about incubators. Uh, if you're valued over a few million bucks, you're too late for an incubator or accelerator. That's something that uh, some friends of mine recently figured out. So that's just sort of general uh, information for all of you. Here's my LinkedIn, if that's helpful. Um, please follow the Startup Council, actually. That's even more useful trying to build the audience there. So if you can find Startup Council on LinkedIn and say hello, that would be great. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see here. What is the best way to network? While well, you're doing it, Gus, uh, come out and say hi. Um, let's see. We talked about this. I'm working. Da -da -da -da. 
Okay, this is a good one. Um, it's too long to even say, but um, the question is, it actually runs out so you can't see it, um, but uh, it's about grants. Um, grants are something we didn't talk about that you should all be looking into. In the United States, there are things called, uh, well, there's lots of them, but there's the Small Business Administration, the SBA runs a lot of programs. There are also the SBDC, the Small Business Development Corp, which has offices in most cities, and they run programs, free programs all the time, trying to help early stage entrepreneurs. You should check that out. I think there's uh, the Small Business Administration has America's Seed Fund, which is in its annual uh, grant competition right now. Uh, SBIR grants are, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff. A great place to look and learn about this stuff is challenge.gov challenge.gov that's in the United States they will um, they publish listings of all the current challenge and grant opportunities and it's a good way to keep track of if you're a founder of new opportunities that might apply to you outside of the US I'm sorry I don't know so much uh, and I certainly can't compare the grant regimes in one country to another as this person was asking um, but I would encourage all of you to go look there is free money uh, governments are excited about what we're building and by we I mean us entrepreneurs uh, we're the people that are going to make a difference in the world because we actually build things and get things done. So I would encourage you to go look for uh, grants in your jurisdiction. Um, okay. Uh, Renee says, any uh, startup events in Orange County? Yeah, absolutely, Renee. Um, you can need to go to ocstartupcouncil.org. We have a community calendar. We publish all the events, and I'm personally hosting multiple events every month right here in person in Southern California, as well as traveling. I haven't talked about this lately, but if anybody's overseas and you need a speaker, I'd love to do public speaking. My last, uh, I was in Melbourne in Australia this fall. I just got back from Taipei. Um, I'm happy to do speaking around the world. Um, I do conferences and keynotes and panels. I really do enjoy doing that. And if you have a uh, startup ecosystem that needs advice or an angel group that's forming or a group of founders or uh, a startup convention, uh, let me know. Happy to bring some of my expertise uh, and energy to your jurisdiction, if that would be helpful. Um, okay, Nadim, sorry, you're still waiting here, but you did ask this. Being employed in the same industry my startup for the last 10 years, health when approaching angel. Yes, okay, so this is a great point, Nadim. I'm sorry we don't have more time to discuss this, and I don't think we got to your pitch either. I apologize. Um, but yes, um, domain expertise is a key thing that investors look for. So, what I've talked about several times in the past uh, hour or so is that to build a company and attract investors, you need to demonstrate growth and progress and a team uh, of both hopefully uh, uh, staff members, but also customers. And one of the ways to do that, it's all about establishing credibility and having expertise in that field is absolutely one of the big ones. So if you do have uh, industry from uh, industry experience that relates to your startup, absolutely. I would be very proud of that and put that, you know, right up front, um, because any angel investor who's been around or VC either has lost money by investing in someone who had a great idea but turned out didn't know the market. <laughs> so if you know the market, absolutely, I would play that card heavily and often. Um, let's see here. Okay. Um, okay, yes. Uh, Here's a good thought. Um, Matthias, this is back to um, Marina here, actually. Um, make a video. This is a good, this is a good thought. Matthias is suggesting that um, you can, if you can't actually afford to build your full prototype or MVP, 
make it up <laughs> and make a video of it, make it look like it works. Because it's really hard for people who are non-technical especially to imagine what you're seeing in your head as an engineer or a developer. Um, if you can make a video, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, well, a video's worth a million words. So that's a good tip. And he's suggesting that um, someone even did this. Um, he's thinking that it might have been Dropbox um, that actually did this because the MVP was too expensive, but they convinced the investors with a video. So I have not done that myself, but it seems like it might be worth a try. Um, and uh, perhaps that's a, um, that's a useful tip. Okay, and that might – are we – about out of time here. I think we are. So um, if you have follow-up questions, you can post them on LinkedIn or uh, on YouTube. If you're watching this later, you can post and I'll try to get back to you or um, maybe other people will as well. You're all welcome to participate. We're trying to help everybody. That's the whole um, vibe here at the Startup Council. If you're looking for startup funding, this is a page I put up to try to help. If you want uh, publicity for your meetups and your events. Like I said, this is the URL I was looking for earlier. There are, we have uh, 40 or 50 meetups all over the world and you're welcome to participate and we'll post things from your town in that meetup if it helps to develop the community of entrepreneurship and innovation in your town. So if, if you're watching this from, uh, you know, Philadelphia or Mumbai or Paris or uh, Manila or Sydney um, or Singapore, we have meetups in all those cities and be happy to help publicize the things that you're doing. I should talk about that more. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Um, so uh, what else? Uh, one last commercial for Startup Investors Directory. And you should come and join us. So yeah, you can come work with me. Um, yeah, and that's it. Okay. Whew. All right, that was an hour and 45 minutes of nonstop action. I hope it was helpful to you. I'm Scott Fox from StartupCouncil.org, here trying to do my best to help you change the world for the better. Hope to see you again next month to do this once a month, so tune in on the fourth Tuesday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon, and Pacific time. And please like and subscribe, share, tell your friends, and go to StartupCouncil.org and join us. We'll be happy to help you and your startup make a difference. Thanks for watching.